0: So, very quickly, I just want to share uh, a conversation I had with uh, one of the high school kids while I was on the trip to Haiti. Uh, because he came to me, he, seems, he looks me and I look different to the rest of the team members. So, he has a lot of questions. Basically, asked me where I'm from and how I was able to uh, be in the United States and study there. So, I basically shared with him I'm from China and my parents supported me throughout my entire undergrad. And after that, I got a scholarship, which paid for everything. That's how I'm able to stay there and then join the team and then be on this trip. And just through the uh, response he had to all my uh, answers, I realized that every minute that I am on this campus is probably his entire life dream that he's thinking every single day because those kids they are from a community that's controlled by kidnappers so some well a lot of them might never seen their parents or even sold by their parents and then the kid i was talking to he's fortunate enough to uh the received education from pastor samuel's school and all he thinks about is how he can give back to the community so he really want a higher education so that he can empower himself and he can come back to empower the rest of his community. That's what I asked him. So, hey, if you have this opportunity to study abro- uh, abroad, what would you like to do? Oh, he's, he just straight up answered me that I want to come back and start an orphanage. And that moment really shocked me because it, when I was at his age, I have no idea. I have no idea what's the purpose of my li- uh, what's the purpose of my life would be or if I would like to give back to a community who has helped me. And a lot of times I think we take those resources around us for granted. Like me, I'm fortunate enough that my parents supported me to be able to come here and be able to enjoy this education on campus and all the communities we have here, but we don't think about how precious it would be for those kids in Haiti or not even Haiti, Indonesia, or all the countries that feed one support. And another part that impacted me the most during the trip is that every time I want to share the gospel with people from home, I always have a hard time because they always argue with me that it's something I experienced in the United States, so the Western culture. And I don't even know how to respond it without offending them. But through the experience in Haiti, I have seen the same characteristic of God, his love, his compassion, his faithfulness, through a dis- different perspective. And it encouraged me just to share even more when I got home because I believe that they, if people can experience here in this auditorium, if people can experience in the country of Haiti, and people can definitely experience to my home, to the people I love. So, that's a huge encouragement just to have that new experience for me and in my life, in my walk uh, as a disciple for Christ. So, thank you.
1: We are absolutely blessed. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring Eel and Chas along with me everywhere I go to promote Feed One. It's like I don't have to do nothing. You guys do all the work and speak some real truth, man. Hey, uh, I'm just going to jump into it tonight. Uh, believe it or not, my message is shorter than normal. Everyone said amen. Don't. No. <laughs> it's all good. No. Guess what? I'm going to do them anyway. All right. Hey, I want to jump into things tonight. and uh, Let me ask you a quick question. Um, how many of you watch reruns? Like maybe, yeah, the same episode over and over again cuz i know some of you get on netflix and watch like the same thing over and over again or i know a couple of the girls they got what the uh, uh, friends dvd and watch the same junk man it's like oh my gosh <laughs> or you watch the same movies over and over and over again i'm going to be honest with you unless it's a really stellar movie like the avengers or something I'm not watching the same stuff. I, I just never have been one of those people that watch the same episode of something over and over again. If something comes on TV and I've seen it, nope, I feel like I'm wasting my life doing that. Even the, for a few years, you know, Lord love the staff, they would forever get Missy and I movies, and we never would watch them. For years, I would have a stack of unopened Batman movies, all these other things that I liked it the first or second time I saw it. I'm not going to go back and watch again. You may have seen these movies because they appear at our Christmas party every year because I'm not watching them and stuff. (laughs) It's just never been my thing. But there is value at looking at something again. You know, and even though I don't do it too often, sometimes when you watch a movie or a TV episode again, you pick up details that you didn't see the first time, right? Maybe if it's a mystery movie, you pick up clues that you didn't notice, maybe there were important parts that you missed out on, or maybe there are complete parts of it that you missed because you got up to use the bathroom or something. Sometimes going back and looking at things the second time gives us a perspective that we didn't have. What do we say in Chi Alpha about when Jesus repeats Himself? It's important. Crazy notion. And maybe we need to pay special attention to it. Let me take it a step further. What about when Jesus performs the same miracle. It is important. Yes, you are correct. And there probably is something significant that Jesus wants us to get and to understand deep down in our souls. I, th- I think we need to stop for a moment. Did Elizabeth Campbell do a killer job last week? Elizabeth, you rocked it. You did a wonderful job talking about when Jesus fed the 5,000. Tonight, we're going to look at a story in the Bible that many people treat as a rerun. And lots of us gloss over. We're going we're to go crazy tonight, okay? Tonight, we're going to talk about when Jesus feeds... The 4,000. Yeah. <laughs> wow, David's excited. I like that. <laughs> and here's the thing while at a quick glance it looks like the exact same thing, each story is very unique. And each story has a different lesson that the Lord is trying to get us to incorporate into our lives. Of course, there is overlap. Jesus is reinforcing ideas and thoughts. And here's the thing, even how Mark wrote the story, he wants you to remember what was said a couple chapters before. Elizabeth did a stellar job last week covering Jesus' compassion. Tonight, our main focus is going to be on his generosity. Generosity meaning... The ability to give freely, to be unstingy in our lives. You see, generosity and compassion go hand in hand. I don't believe that you can be compassionate like the Lord and not be generous in your life. And I say that because God isn't cheap, correct? Here's the thing He's not cheap with His love. He's not cheap with His grace. He's not cheap with His mercy. And you better believe that He's not cheap with His compassion. You never see Jesus partially heal someone the Bible. You don't see Jesus maybe give an appetizer to someone, but leave them hungry. Jesus generously pours out His compassion, and every time Jesus did, lives were changed there are a couple differences in the story that I want to point out to you as we go through tonight and the first major difference I want you to notice between the two stories is location honestly bet- uh, you know for us it probably doesn't mean much to you and me but where these miracles make took place makes a difference You see, when Jesus fed the 5,000, it took place in a Jewish region near Bethesda. And then when we get to when Jesus fed the 4,000, it took place in a Samaritan region called Decapolis. As most of you probably remember, uh, here's a quick reminder for you. The Jews and the Samaritans were not exactly what you would call best friends. It's actually probably more accurate to say they really hated each other. And the Jewish people took it to the next level. Man, they wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans and at this period of time, basically a good Jew would literally go miles out of their way to avoid a Samaritan city so they wouldn't be tainted. But luckily, Jesus wasn't like the rest of his people the Bible tells us that he comes to this region and even though his first responsibility were to the Jewish people we see Jesus spending time with them Jesus spends three days with the Samaritans teaching them healing them pouring into them getting to know them intimately and just being in their lives And that's when we see in this story Jesus calls His disciples over and He says, I feel sorry for them. It's better translated into I feel compassionate for these people. Quick reminder, if you were not here for Elizabeth's message, compassion is a spontaneous response to someone's suffering when God's divine love is in our hearts. Compassion is a spontaneous response to someone's suffering when God's divine love is in our hearts. There's There's another story in the Bible in which Jesus talks about a man who had compassion on someone who was different than him. It's this little story that many of you are familiar with called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it's in that parable that the man takes compassion on someone that was different. Both Jesus and the Samaritan showed compassion in their lives. Let me just say something here. One, I think it's really easy to sacrifice in our lives when we know we're going to get a benefit from it, right? Missy and I, we're on a diet, we're eating healthy, I'm sacrificing food that tastes good so that I can lose weight. I benefit from it. And I think a lot of times we sacrifice in our lives in the hopes that we get something from it. Along with that, I also think it's easy to love when people are like us. When the people we are loving on think like us, act like us, or even look like us. And make no doubt here, okay? Compassion can apply to anyone. But I truly believe that the epitome of what generous compassion looks like is when our love is acted out for people who are not like us. Whether it's our beliefs, our upbringing, our background, or even the color of our skin, God's generous love, the most accurate example of who He is, is best seen when His love is acted out through you and me to people who are not like us. It's easy to sacrifice when we get a benefit. It's easy to love people like us. We want to be truly compassionate like Jesus. We have to go beyond what's easy. And so Jesus calls His disciples over, I have compassion for these people. I care about them. I've spent time with them. I've taught them. They've spent three days here sacrificing to be in my presence. And I recognize that they're weary. They're hungry. And I don't want to send them away because they might faint. This brings us to the second uh, difference between the two stories. It's the time of year. Uh, when Jesus you know, presents the problem to the disciples, their response is this. How are, we supposed to f- how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? You see, when Jesus fed the 5,000, it was springtime. Bible talks about how they, set, they sat on the green grass. Where the Jews were in that time, there were several Towns close by you see in the feeding of the 5,000 the problem wasn't Food it was money They needed the finances to make it happen this time around though This is a few months later and it's summertime Uh, In Israel uh, in the climate basically it doesn't rain after May there So a lot of times it becomes dry the grass dies They would have sat on the dirt, and in that region, there were very few towns, and what towns there were, were far and spread apart. You see, the problem this time was, even if they had enough money, there wasn't enough food available. Students, there will always be a reason in your life why something can't happen. With the 5,000, it was a lack of money. With the 4,000, it was a scarcity of food. With you and me, it may be a lack of money, a lack of time, ideas, or maybe even taking a risk seems too big. The interesting thing is, like I said, this only happened a couple months later, right? And yet it seems like the disciples have forgotten completely forgotten what jesus has done and i believe they have forgotten because circumstances are just a little different the new problem in their life has arose and they aren't seeing things the way they truly should you see our compassion our loving response can't be dictated by our circumstances. Circumstances come and go. Circumstances change. God's generous compassion remains consistent no matter what's going on. And it's so easy for us when things are going well, I can obey the Lord. I can do the, call he, the calling He has asked me to do. It isn't only when things are easy. It isn't only when it is a bountiful time of fruit and harvest. It is time all the time even when there's nothing available. When the disciples uh, asked Jesus this question, I get this feeling that they probably meant it as rhetorical to Jesus. You know, to them the uh, excuse me, to them the answer was obvious. They couldn't do it. They could not find enough food. Humanly speaking, it was impossible. But let me give you a word of wisdom students. Don't ask Jesus a question and not expect him to answer. Okay? Jesus doesn't do rhetorical. Jesus does the truth. And so Jesus turns it around on them and says, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. Just so you know, seven loaves, they aren't like big pieces of bread here. Basically, they're like flat pancake-sized pieces of bread. So not exactly a whole lot of food. I'm going to say something a little odd here, and it kind of goes against what some people think, some people preach. That's cool but let me propose something to you. Maybe, just maybe, we spend too much time praying to the Lord for an abundance of our resources. How much of your prayer time is taken up by asking God, I need this. I need that. I need this in my life. I need more money. I need stuff. I need wisdom. I need help. And I think a lot of times in our life, we somewhere along the line have begun to associate God's love with an abundance of stuff. Here's the reality. Here's what I'm proposing to you. That our lack of resources provides Jesus with an opportunity to show up and to show us His love and generosity by doing the miraculous. Instead of seeing ourselves as needy and needing more and needing more, we need to see it as what is coming on the horizon. That because we don't have, Jesus is going to show up in power and authority and give us abundantly what we need. Do you guys understand? Do you know what a true curse is? When you have so much, you don't need Jesus. I hate the cliche, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Surprise! That's not a Bible verse, okay? Guess what? God does give you more than you can handle. If He never did, you would never go to Him for help. God doesn't give us more than we can handle with Him. You see, Jesus was wanting to get His disciples Involved in what many would consider impossible. Jesus wanted to feed the hungry through his disciples. See, this time, another difference here, Jesus was asking the disciples for his resources. They had to give up what they had to Jesus so that he could do a miracle could Jesus have asked for manna from heaven sure he's Jesus could they have searched the crowd for another young man yes but that's not what Jesus was looking for Jesus wanted their help you see with Jesus coming there's no longer a separation between the father and us Jesus is that bridge between the two. And Jesus, when He was here on earth, He did the Father's will. He worked with Him. And so guess what? As His disciples, our job is to work in cooperation and collaboration with the Father to make His will happen on this earth. See, our purpose, simply stated, is to reproduce Christ's behavior in this world. I think we can all agree that Jesus was a good steward of God's power, God's gifts, God's authority. And He is calling us to be a good steward of those things too. And we start by freely and generously giving the resources we have, what I like to call the three T's. Our time, our talent, our treasures. When we give our resources to the Lord, He's going to take them and He's going to multiply them to provide a miracle. See, in both stories, the disciples were asking, how can these meager resources do anything? How could they possibly be enough? And here's the answer. Here's what will always be the answer anytime you ask Jesus' this question it won't. Nothing you have on your own will be enough. But you see, it's not about what we don't have, it's about giving the little we do have over to the Lord so that He can multiply it and provide a miracle. Okay? And along those lines, let me also encourage you with this, too. Giving Jesus your resources will not leave you empty. I think so many times I've seen people, they hesitate to give the God the little they have because you're afraid that you're going to be left with nothing. Students, you will always have more in the end because... God is not also only a gener- generous in His compassion, He is also a generous provider. If you look in verse 6, it says, So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, and then He took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to His disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. Going on to verse 8, They ate as much as they wanted, Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. So the disciples gave Jesus what they had. Jesus blessed their resources. Jesus asked for God's power to come into their resources. He multiplies. Their resources and then he gives them back to the disciples who then in turn give those resources to those who are hungry and catch that here okay and no one no one including the disciples left hungry because they gave their resources to the Lord Seven wasn't enough to feed the twelve, but seven with Jesus was enough to feed the 4,000. Can I ask you guys a question really quick? What, did you, have you ever wondered what Jesus did with the twelve baskets of food that were left over from the feeding of the 5,000? The Bible doesn't explicitly say. But you know what? Everything in God's Word teaches me that Jesus rewards those who give Him resources. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the little things. Now I give you more. And while I don't know for sure, I like to imagine that Jesus gave the young boy the leftover baskets of food. And I like to imagine that he goes home after seeing the miracle being a part of changing thousands and thousands of people's lives and he walks in the door. And he's like, "Hey mom, I'm home." And you got to understand, I'm a parent. You feel bad when you can't do everything for your kids. And I guarantee you, this young man was poor. He didn't have much. And so I can imagine his mom came running out and was like, sorry, I'm going to use myself here. Tommy, did you, did you have a good day? Oh, Mom, it was, it was amazing. Did you have enough food? I'm sorry. I didn't have enough food to send with you. I only had a few loaves of bread. Bomb. I got news for you. you. You sent me with one little bag. One bag of food. And yet, today, I meant a generous provider. I met a generous, compassionate Savior. And so while you gave me one bag, today I got more. He gave me another one. And another one. So many more. Mom, I left with one. I'm coming home with more. Second story. The basket's different. It's referring to a hamper. Actually, a lot bigger than this. One that a person could actually be in. And so, so the second time. Jesus was even more generous than the first. I think so many times we withhold our resources because we're afraid that God isn't going to do what he's done before or he doesn't have enough resources. Let me tell you, my God has more than enough resources. Students, you want to live with little in your life? Keep the little you have. You want to live in abundance? Give it over to Jesus. See, students, while it's important that 4,000 people were fed, the real story here is about 12 guys doing the impossible with God. Here's the simple truth of the whole thing people are hungry both physically and spiritually God has compassion for the hungry and in turn God feeds the hungry through his church you need to understand something my job as a pastor my purpose in everything I do is to empower you to work with the creator of the universe to do the impossible. I'm just going to be honest with you. Any pastor, any minister that doesn't push for you to do the impossible with the Lord and only, is, and only asks you to do what you can in your own power is selling you short. They are stealing an experience with God away from you. You see, wanting to feed 4,000 and 5,000 is humanly speaking impossible. And yet we see with Christ it can happen. This dream of feeding millions of hungry kids around the world can seem impossible on our own, but we have to all believe that with Christ, all things are possible. And what I can tell you for sure is, it will never happen if we don't step out in faith and try. As I was putting this message together, I'll be honest, I felt that the Lord gave me a very simple word for me that I believe many of you need to hear as I wrap up tonight. Uh, Every Monday we have prayer at the Kyle House. If you've never been to prayer, it's time to come to prayer. For this week, it was beautiful out. We decided to go out on campus and do a prayer walk. I was out by myself and at one moment I found myself sitting on a bench over by the rec center on Rawlins. And I was just watching as people walked by. And in a moment I really felt overwhelmed by the sheer number of students that were just walking by and I started to think. What it would take to reach all these students for Jesus. And I began to just worry in my head how could I do this with my few resources, with my few talents, my few abilities? And as I was sitting there worrying, I felt the Lord spoke two simple words to me It's enough. So many of us look at what we don't have. I don't have much money. Jesus says it's enough. I'm so busy, I don't have much time. Give it to Jesus. He says it's enough. I'm not talented like that person or that person. Jesus says you're enough. I'm not good enough for Jesus. Jesus created you. He knows the talents and abilities He's given to you. He says, you are enough. It's enough. Because Jesus will take it and do a miracle in your life. I'm going to ask Tyler and Morgan to come down. Our response time is going to look a little different tonight. Uh Morgan has actually wrote a song for Feed One. Yes. And uh Morgan and her hubby I just like saying hubby the last few days, it's fun. Are going to play it. And during this time I want you guys to do something for me. I want you to ask the Lord what in your life He wants you to give over to Him. What you can give to Him so that He can then take it, multiply it, give it back to you, and so that we can feed the hungry. just want you to listen to the words, and most importantly, I want you to listen to the Lord. When they're done, I'll come back up, and I'll close us in prayer.